a couple of great live panels coming up in April. If you're in Los Angeles, hey, why don't you come to these? They're going to be fun, and you can get your questions answered. Uh, April 14th, the Conan writers, uh, including the head writer, the former head writer, all the staff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, these are funny, hilarious, smart people. You should come see them talk. Uh, that's on April 14th. And then on April 24th, it's a big panel with Mike O'Malley, who wrote for Shameless. He's also an actor and comedian. He's been around for years, and he's a great guy. Uh, ben Queen, who created A to Z on NBC, has a new pilot this year. Hugh Sturbikoff, also a robot chicken guy, also has a new pilot. Uh, we have the Misha Green and Joe Pokaski, the uh, creators of Underground on uh, WGN. And finally, Stephanie Weir, uh, formerly a writer and actor on Mad TV. She wrote for The Millers. She is terrific and funny and worth your time. That's on April 24th. Come see both of these. Go to writerspanel.tumblr.com for links to tickets. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker for links to tickets. Uh, they all benefit A26LA. So you're doing a good thing for the world and yourself. Hope to see you there. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 400 writers on the show, so go back and check the archives. I'm sure you'll find more creators and more shows that you're interested in. I'm a writer myself, having written with my partner Ben Acker for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, FX's Cassius and Clay, among others. We've also written comics from Marvel, Image, Dynamite, and more. We created a show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Maybe you'd like it. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more info. Let me know who you want to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, uh, and follow me on Tumblr at writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It always makes me feel good about myself. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right, it's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah. Scott Armstrong is here. Hi there. Hi, Scott. Thanks for being here. Would you um, please tell the listeners uh, where they may have seen your name? It's on a whole lot of things in television and film. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's don't not know. bragging. It's just stating facts. It sounds like it's bragging. It well, only because like they're bragging. really good and successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I started out... Uh, on, uh, I wrote long years ago, wrote Road Trip uh, with Todd Phillips and Old School and Starsky and Hutch and... Did some stuff on Bad Santa and Elf, um, some uh, rewrites for that, and then uh, did what? Semi Pro, I wrote, and uh, Heartbreak Kid with the uh, Fairley Brothers, and uh, Hangover Two, and uh, Search Party that's coming out, and uh, I executive produced um, Playing House, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know some other stuff I can't remember. <laughs> and Dice is coming out, and you have Dice yeah, coming out, which is the first time I've created a show. I was curious for about that. I mean, I mean, not for myself, for for <laughs> <right>. Dice. <laughs> it's Dice starring Dice Scott starring Armstrong. Scott Armstrong, <laughs> um, written by Dice. But that was interesting no, to me. I mean, like you've had great success in comedy and film, and like usually those are the guys that <laughs> networks and studios will run to to create a show. Had you? Developed shows before, and this is the first one that we're seeing. No, no, this is the really first important. time. It's literally the first time I ever won. I That's always wanted. I like doing. 
I don't know. I just avoided it, honestly. Um, Why is that? Um, movies were there, you know, just like doing movies. And it took me, you know, this last, the search party was a big thing I directed or, you know, took a year or whatever. And, um, you know, when you do a show, when you're actually running the show, it's all in. It's a huge amount of effort, you know. And so uh, deciding to be a showrunner or a creator is just like, okay, this is what I'm doing with my life for like could be like the next five seven years yeah. so it's a big commitment so um i get excited about different things and so sometimes i'll just be like oh i don't want to really be in charge of a whole show <laughs> you know so i uh, just it gives me more flexibility it makes sense and if you are getting the opportunities in film and like those can sort of overlap with each other and you can you can almost have a short attention span yeah yeah um, it's always like uh what do you want you know i get excited about what i want to do next and it's I like that there's a beginning, middle, and end to a, a movie, you know, yeah. even though it's a big year, <laughs> two-year period, you know, process. But uh, I, for TV, I've always liked executive producing because then someone else is uh, – I can, I, can, I can be involved, but also other people can, like, you know – Sure. Do, do, do be there at five in the morning till like <laughs> right. five at night or whatever. It's not your baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what has been your experience in TV until now? I saw a few credits listed, and you've been an executive producer, which I imagine means you've been in the room on a lot of these shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not really a writer's room. I went more like the boss or whatever. You know, like because I started a production company um, years ago, and the whole plan. You know, I, I did. I've been doing stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade since the beginning of the theater. And mm-hmm. um, when I first started out, I, I, I someone gave me an opportunity to, to uh, get some development money, you know, to, and I started just going around to my, the guys I thought were the best people. And, the, yeah. and, um, and that's where I started uh, working with Jessica Sinclair and Lennon and, uh, uh, I mean, a bunch of other people that I collaborated with as a, uh, American Work was the name of the company. And, mm-hmm. um, but one of my favorite things about being in comedy really is the the camaraderie. You know, just like hanging out with smart, funny people. It's like the, one of the main reasons I became a writer is to hang out with other people that were funny. And um, in a way, you know, not just meeting them, but just like, I just feel like uh, I, I'm inspired by so many of my best friends. And I Absolutely. love it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people see that and become a performer. Yeah. Why not that route for you? Um, I mean, I perform on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I improvise, uh, which is something I've been doing for whatever, 16. I was talking to someone last night. I guess it's been like 16 years. So I can't <laughs> believe it. But, um, and that is, I get everything out of that I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, uh, it's, I feel like it's like going to like the YMCA or something and I'm like the, short white guy that's like tossing alley-oops to the great <laughs> great performers that dunk you know um i feel like i on stage i know what the i don't know i feel like i know what we're doing but i'm not a great not necessarily a great performer i'm more like the straight guy and i know how to do it but um and i love it but it affects everything in my life improvisation it's it, it makes me a better writer and the writing helps me be a better performer. Everything like works together. Well, I want to talk. And I feel about like it makes me a good director too. I'm sure, and that's I want to talk about. It. I just want to sort of dig in on that for a second. And I've talked to you know terrific improvisers who have made careers of it, and how there's something to that writing in the moment. You know, that's essentially what improvising is. Yeah. Right? Um, how do you take that process and apply it to the page? Well, with writing. Um, 
you know, a lot of it is, uh, depends on how I'm writing, you know, like a lot of times I talk through things, you know, with another writer or producer or my assistant or an intern or Todd Phillips or whoever I'm working with. And that's just basically like nonstop heightening and deciding. I mean, the way, the way, uh, I think the best way to write is just to turn on the faucet or whatever the cliche is Mm -hmm. and just like think of a billion things. And then, and then the real art of it, I think is like cutting it down and deciding what really goes into something. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. I've used the analogy before when someone asked me, it's like, uh, it's like if you have a living room, you don't just like, okay, I, here's like 15 couches that go in here and here's the, you know what I mean? You got it. And you know, it's not that hard to get a couch. It's just like picking the right couch that fits everything and everything kind of balances out. It's like, there are a million funny people that, uh, I feel like, you know, the, the, the key in a screenplay or a show, everything has its different thing. It's different tone. It's different, but designing it right or whatever is kind of the, that's the art of it. I think if you have like, and when you, when someone, when you read a screenplay and it's just like balanced and figured out and it works, you're just like, ah, oh, it feels, feels right. You know? Absolutely. You can tell <clears throat> the difference between that and one that's off or one that's wildly off. Yeah. And I, I feel like I try to, I don't know. I, I keep working on it until it, it's down to, I don't know. I try and make it feel that effortless if if i don't always pull it off but that's what i'm going for that's it's a really i mean it's a great analogy and it's a great way of looking at the process which is there is no dearth of ideas we have so many ideas it's a question of finding the right ones or pairing away the hundred ideas so i, I want to and then it works in the and it, that works with the business too like they're looking hmm. for you know there's it, i don't know it's it, you don't want to just write things that are only for being commercial but there's also like it's not wrong to have a good hook and a good story and a Absolutely. good character you can totally hook into and all that stuff that like, you know, uh, my strategy has been kind of be like, make sure it works as a marketable thing and then work backwards and make and also make sure it's like really smart and surprising and weird and cool and, and fucked up and all that stuff too. <laughs> but then it also works under a banner where it's like, you don't want to have like this incredible thing that like, no one could ever make or do right. anything with. Um, so it's like, again, it's the same balance, you know? Well, that's, I mean, part of choosing to write in this medium, which is a commercial medium and a popular medium. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could choose to do, like, independent comedies or sure. or write on other, weird, you know, smaller shows or whatever. But, you know, I, I do like trying to, for some reason, I it, maybe it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's almost like self-punishment or whatever, but I like trying to crack the big thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, just the hardest probably thing to do. Well, is that the stuff? I mean, I feel like, you know, we're, we're roughly the same age and like that's the stuff we grew up on. And those big movies could also be really funny and personal and, you know, have have all of the things we want to see. It's the, I, you know, to me, it's my favorite art form. You know, I love, every, you know, people like Harold Ramis or like the yeah. Blues Brothers or, you know, like the, that movie just knocked me out or the early Coen Brothers comedy stuff. Like I love... That kind of stuff really affected me when I was early jerk, Steve mm-hmm. Martin. That kind of stuff yeah. is like, um, I didn't think that I'd be able to do that stuff, but, uh, um, and I probably still am not doing that stuff, but I've tried, you know, it just, uh, it was a great job to try and pull that stuff off, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the. Can you say the word stuff more? <laughs> it's like, I have a cold, I'm on cold medicine. Somebody <laughs> to say the word stuff a lot. Get, get him some uppers, mm-hmm. would you please? Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I wanted to talk about though that that 
paring away of all of the ideas and, and getting that script in order. For you, on a feature specifically, what does that look like? I mean, we, this is a podcast for writers, so we can really get into the, the nuts and bolts of it. But like, when you're getting all of the ideas out and you're talking it out with a collaborator or with whomever... Uh, are you putting stuff on boards? Are they taking notes and then you'll look at those notes? What does that part look like? Um, I almost forget how I used to do it, but I can tell you how <laughs> I do it now. You know what I mean? It's been a, like an evolving thing, you know, uh, of course. tons and tons of trial and error. But a lot of it is, I mean, I guess I used to go to breakfast and, or drink a lot of coffee and just sit there for like three hours. In the old days, it was me and Todd brainstorming and talking and and just like scribbling things down and just keep trying to make each other laugh. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, we would get, you know, big legal pads full of writing, no computers open. Cause it kind of throws me off. Mm. Like I don't use any screens until it's time to actually type the script. So or, or, it starts to feel like work when it's, uh, it just throws hard. off the, or I don't know. Todd doesn't care, but I, I don't <laughs> like working on a screen until it's time to sit by myself. <laughs> and, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, and then we would, uh, it, I don't know, brainstorm and map stuff out, think of big set pieces to talk about the whole movie, the characters, the backstory, the, um, you know, you got to really figure out that the main thing is tone, um, like exactly what kind of vibe is it for me? You know, that's, that's like so important. You know, it's like, there's, there's so many different degrees between airplane and, you know, a Coen Brothers movie or whatever. So there's like a million different shades of gray between those things. Well, that's, I was curious yeah. about that. And I apologize, I'm going to interrupt you a sure. bunch because I want to kind of get more specific on things. But like looking at the movies that you and Todd have made together, um, there are these sort of fine tonal differences. And I feel like that that must be an enormous conversation. It is. It's en- endless. Endless. It's really interesting. Um, I mean, like, how do you arrive? You know, pick any of them that that you can remember at this point. But how do you arrive on you know the tone for this and how it's different from what came before? What came before from from any any, any yeah. other person or from me? No, from you. Um, from yeah, specifically the collaboration that you guys had. Um. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, usually it's like a really, it's all, it's, it's got to feel real is what we just keep saying. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously if you watch the movie, you're like, this isn't real at all. But you know, when we're working on it, um, if it gets too big, too broad, too fake, too trying too hard, too crazy, you know, that, and then again, if you watch the movies and you're like, what is he talking about? This stuff is totally crazy. <laughs> but, um, uh, we start at a place that's kind of like, you know, Todd's came from like a, uh, uh, background of uh, doing documentaries, and I, I've always kind of like I've like I don't know in my mind I like drama too, and mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of build off of uh, and we like other we get inspired by other movies that are dramas and like sure. oh what do we uh, do doing comedy versions of other things, mm-hmm. and then just it's more like the vibe and the you know a true theme about what usually it's about what guys are going through or whatever you know. Um, <laughs> um, like old school was, uh, you know, we were big, big fans of um, Fight Club, you know, and we're just like, oh, it, we we just love guys like that, guys that need to join something, you know. We just like the guys in those black stocking caps and like black, black shirts. Like, who are those guys? You know, like who needs a leader that bad? It makes us laugh. 
And, you know, we just started making a, sh- a movie about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where old school came from. So there's always like sort of a thing going on in the story of who the guys are, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't yeah, know. I mean, what was the question? Did I answer that, that? That's the thing that sort of hooks you guys in, and then you can kind of play out from there. Yeah, and then, like, you know, there's going to be like a crazy, like a crazy. There's, you know, there's, there's crazy shit happening in, in the movies, but uh, it's usually built. We like to think in a perfect world that it's built on something that's a little more grounded. Sure. You know, the same thing with the way um, we all try and improvise at the Bright Citizens Brigade Theater. It's like you're, 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 the characters are never dumb, usually. I mean, they have huge flaws and blank <laughs> spots, but they're trying to work at the the height of your intelligence, as they say, or whatever. And trying to make people smart makes it funny. Like smart with flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a smart thing, especially for uh, new writers to remember. You know, nobody nobody walks around thinking they're dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And, there, I mean, obviously you're going to have a dumb character here and there, like we have. But, you know, like Zach Galifianakis in Hangover is like, uh, Hangover 2, he's like, um, he's not stupid he's like he literally has like a we don't know exactly probably a mental issue or you know he's like a little bit psychotic and getting the details down of exactly what makes the character tick gives you so many more opportunities i think to be unique and not just sort of like flat with the bits you create absolutely it makes them more than just a comic idea Uh it makes them into people and then but if you work you know then some of the stuff i did for like like uh, Will Ferrell, besides like old school or Starsky or Hutch, Starsky and Hutch, and like, like I worked with him on um, Semi Pro, and like I, I did some stuff for Elf, and like that. Uh, you just got to pick your spots when when like okay, Will Will Ferrell's gonna be on fire in this part, and like he's gonna make <laughs> it, it. It's a different stuff. Like the Semi Pro's a different tone. Elf's a sure. different tone. You know, Elf is more of like a. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, allegory, or whatever the mm. you know. What, what's the word for that? Metaphor, allegory. Uh, you did you know, a fairy both, tale. Both of those words. It's like a crazy yeah, fairy tale. Like fairy. Um, you know, so that's like a stylized <clears throat> thing. That that's really fun because you can. Uh, but in a way, you got to be careful how much. Again, that's the balance thing. Mm-hmm. And this is I sound super detailed, but like you don't want to have. It's a little bit more empty calories, like a script like that. So you get, unless you have like, there's definitely going to be heart and all that stuff to a Christmas story like that. But, you know, if you do 12 great jokes in a montage versus like mm-hmm. seven, it, it might fall apart after seven. You know, you got to be careful. Yeah. It's just, just the right, like Elf, I think is a good um, balance. That's like a good movie in that way because mm-hmm. uh, Favreau did a great job in the editing room and... um yeah, finding finding how much yeah. is just enough, and that was like really that fun. was like a thing where you know it was a great script at the beginning, and then Adam McKay did a lot of rewrites, and I helped out, and Favreau was writing, and mm-hmm. um, and that was a debate that in the end became uh, probably Favreau's call and Will Ferrell's sure. call himself to to uh, and Will Ferrell wrote a bunch of that stuff mm-hmm. too, um, but that was an interesting thing because it. It, it probably works and feels timeless because it's a good balance. Yeah, you know? that makes a lot of sense. I mean, compared to something um, uh, like the basketball movie, you know, which is which can be much broader, and you can put all of the jokes. Right? Yeah, you yeah. can have as you can have the twelve jokes uh, in a montage. Um, yeah, it's like interesting with that. Like the Semi Pro was more of like a seventies movie that was mm-hmm. like. I'm a huge fan of like those old classic movies like 
like it's you, you can, if you watch the movie you get it it's like these old sports movies that aren't really made anymore yeah um based on a true story of the aba so that's all grounded you know <laughs> you know it's all this whole thing you know this history you probably that nobody really cares about except for the people that made the movie but so it's much. such a great jumping off point yeah it's a great well it's a great world you know it's, and some of it is crazy as you if you watch that movie it's like oh this is this is crazy but that some of this stuff actually happened <clears throat> so i feel like that tone got pushed big because of reality yeah and sometimes when you do something that actually did happen like well it's real it still feels fake when it's in a fictional environment yeah. you know what i mean like like the corn dog thing or whatever like there's that's a real thing that's really funny. <clears throat> um i mean obviously we made it crazier but right um so yeah that i think that the tone of semi-pro got confusing in a way because for me when i was writing it because mm. it, it became like my own thing that I was creating in the script but it was also like based on these incredible this incredible history that was super crazy <laughs> and then um these new characters we invented that were fresh and new and it was um i love that movie but <laughs> really yeah that became like a giant like i don't know there's a lot of good stuff to try and balance out it's yeah. interesting it must have been a huge challenge and then on the day you know when we're shooting trying to figure out you know ken alterman directed awesome mm-hmm. job directing the movie and you know i guess that's that's one of those things that you don't want to be you don't want to be confused when you're shooting about exactly what the what the yeah. tone is, you know. Um, and uh, there's something really, you know, we're sitting around going like, "Well, this needs to feel real," but at the same time, he's getting attacked by a bear. Or it's like it's crazy <laughs> stuff, you know. It's like a debate. Um, whereas, like other movies, like Anchorman Two or what I just saw recently on cable again, mm-hmm. it was like that was just like let's just be relentlessly funny all the time right. and keep going forever and have like. <laughs> You know, have the whole plot change and not even care about anything. <laughs> right. And that was like, made me laugh so hard. I love that. But that wasn't, but that's like a choice that um, I personally rarely do mm-hmm. when I'm creating something, um, maybe to a fault. But, I, you know, I, my stories, when I'm, not to sound, I don't know. Um, I, just, I just gravitate towards stuff that's like a l- more grounded, you know, mm-hmm. well, um, like- unless it's like I pick my spots or whatever. Right. I mean, within within the story, it seems like you can let loose. Yeah, well, there's definitely, to. you know, I love working on a set piece of, like, we know yeah. something's going to happen here, and we can figure <laughs> it out, and it's got to be, but it's, you know, we work on, or I work on that stuff for a long time, yeah. you know, before it's, like, the right thing. Well, it seems like story is story and character are really important to you, and that you're going to hammer that stuff down before you start to like we say like start to lose a lot of the yeah i almost don't care about what the jokes are honestly like until everything's working and then you're like i mean the best kind of script doesn't even have any jokes almost you know it's almost just like that character's doing funny stuff like Mm -hmm. why is he doing that um which is why dice i think Mm -hmm. is working um the tv show that, that um i just created for andrew dice clay it's like he is that really telling any jokes it's mm-hmm. like he's just being himself and like his point of view is so f- fucked up that can i say that you can say yeah, yeah it's so I fucked mean, up i think you can say, I don't know what I <laughs> <can> say. <laughs> um yeah it's you know that's the best stuff is when it's all coming from the character you know yeah. whether it's like he's almost like 
Dice is almost like a Will Ferrell character in a way, but Will Ferrell's kidding when he's doing it. You know, he goes home and he's normal. Um, Dice is just crazy all the time. (laughs) Or, you know, I don't know. That's interesting. So we actually, we started talking about, um, so you had a production company and you were able to get some... TV stuff off the ground in that way. Yeah, right? the most important being Playing House, which yeah. is just the most awesome show. It's a great show. Yeah, and yeah. People should should have checked that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, so when the did the opportunity for Dice come to you? How did this start to take off? Um, I wasn't really not looking to get into TV. Like again, <laughs> like I like to keep my. <laughs> I like how much I'm stressing? <laughs> well, no, no. My point is, I love it. I just. It's just a commitment thing. Absolutely. I'm like a commitment phobe uh, <laughs> or whatever, you know? Like, I can write a screenplay and then move on to my next one or whatever. But, like, the, the TV thing, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, um, no, that's your home for at least a year. Yeah, I mean, if it goes really well, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. You know? um, and this is the first time I felt like, okay, this is something I want to do. I felt like <laughs> this is a character that I wanted to, like, keep writing for, you know? Um uh, it came about, uh, you know, I, I saw, like everybody else, I watched the Woody Allen movie and I couldn't believe that it was <laughs> Dice and how funny he was. And then I, it really piqued my interest. And when um, it was brought to me, actually, someone was like, uh, Dice is going to do some kind of show. I'm like, and I guess they wanted to you know, talk to me about it. And I think my agent at the time was like, I don't know if you want to do this, but I'm like, I'll meet with Dice. <laughs> I'll meet with Dice. Are <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. So, and I, sh- you know. Uh, That's funny. So as soon as I sat down, I was just like, this guy, he's got so much going on. You know, he just started out with, like, where he is in his life, you know. He's, I don't know, he used to sell out Madison Square Garden and yeah. all these other places in the in the late 80s and early 90s. He just plummeted and evaporated from, you know, fame. And then, and now in real life, you know, he took, he lost all of his money, basically, and, um was basically lots of through like marriages and gambling and other things and um took his last thirty thousand dollars packed his girlfriend in the car with his kids and drove to vegas to become a professional gambler and immediately immediately made a million dollars bought four cars lost the million dollars had four cars (laughs) in like a you know he's got he's got a little house in um in the suburbs of vegas and he does like 200 nights a year uh, at the hard rock cafe and uh, but I think a lot of that money he makes goes back to the casino. Like it goes like they he's in debt to uh, a few people there. So <laughs> and that's kind of what the show's about. You know, like he's he's working for you know Lorraine Bracco is in the show. She's she's got him. Um, she owns his debt, and he's got to perform as a comedian at the casino. That's sort of like the plot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the structure of the so show. Did, did he, when <clears throat> in that first meeting with you, did he come in and like tell you this is my life right now, and was this his idea for the show, or like how, what did he come in with, and then how did you start to shape that? Um, he came in with just like he stood, he was standing up the whole time. I don't think he sat down during the meeting, so he's like standing over me and just talking really <laughs> loud about. Where you know all this funny random stuff it keeps happening to him every day, and I was like, and I think the other producers in the room or the people that wanted me to like right. be excited were like nervous because it was such a crazy meeting, but I was like thrilled and like into it, you know, and um, I use his ideas as a starting point, mm-hmm. um, and then it's weird because Dice is a real person, but at the same time we were creating a character and like, uh, Brian Gaywood and Alex Tanaka are like the most talented writing team that I got to collaborate with. Jackie Clark is a great writer. The four of us wrote, um, the first season together. Mm -hmm. And, 
Um, we did everything together. That was like new for me, you know, where I sat with four people and I didn't want a big writer's room. I wanted mm-hmm. small. I wanted good people that can just, they just get it. They can, I can count on to do great scripts and not have to like, uh, do yeah. two, you know, and then I, we all wrote with each other and for each other and bounce things around. But, um, a lot of the best ideas came from us just, uh, brainstorming together. And then, uh, but it's funny cause it's like, well, would Dice do that? I don't know. Would Dice, you know, and then Dice is like, I wouldn't do that. Like, yes, you would because we just invented it or, you know, <laughs> right. like, but we were all nervous. The character. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, but it's, it is, you know, it is called Dice. Um, but, uh, you know, I was so nervous when I f- sent the very first script, um, to Dice and, uh, you know, cause usually it's like, oh, like it, it you know, the Dick Van Dyke show, Dick Van Dyke would write the scripts or like, you know, Seinfeld, he'd be involved in the scripts or, or, you know, Louie or Curb or all these movies that are based on, or Roseanne, like she knows, but Dice isn't really writing on this as much as we are. Interesting. But, but he's also inventing a lot of the ideas and pitching them to us and letting us take them. And then just cause I'm an unusual, uh, writer, I think, or whatever you can, but in the way I do the show, it's like, we're, making really weird stories out of it too which is like our own thing so you put it all together and it turned out pretty wild you know that's interesting. i don't want to say it's pretty wild you take that out but, <laughs> no it's good uh anyway it's really funny but, but you um, put these these different points of view and these different personalities together yeah. and you do get something unusual yeah it's like it's a people seem to be responding to the show right. it's like it's it's not just like dice walking around doing stand-up in right. in, in vegas it's like it's totally uh, and it's not grounded and couldn't dice either. No. Well, it, you know what? It's like so, someone did say that it's like, I mean, the scripts are tight in that way. Mm-hmm. There are these little adventures and that, you know, it's not sure. like, um, it's its own thing though. It's hard to like, it, it, I think it, get, it does a little disservice to like how complicated it was. <laughs> you know, it's not really like another, I don't know what it, it doesn't really remind me of anything else, honestly, because it's just such a weird partnership. Um, it, it makes me laugh. I like. I love this one. It's. It's like. I think it's one of the some of the best stuff I personally ever done. That's it's, really yeah, exciting. I'm really happy. What about a great it. feeling. So um, remind me. Just we'll drop this in right now. When does the show premiere? And oh, April tenth. Uh, and you can download all six right. on Showtime. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you. So oh, you know what? The yeah, one thing yeah. I wanted to get in was the funny thing is that I was nervous about giving the first script, mm-hmm. and we and uh, sent it to him. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and. <clears throat> Finally, I get a text, and it's like, amazing script. You know, he's like, I don't know how you got my voice, but you do. And he's like, he had one note, which is basically like, I don't eat fish or shellfish of any kind. (laughs) (laughs) I guess in the script, he had ordered something at a restaurant. We're like, okay, we'll change that right away. That's the best note to get. (laughs) Yeah. And I have some other texts here if you want to hear some of them. Absolutely, we do. Okay, let me open my computer. I'm opening my phone here. Okay, here's some texts from Dice, okay? Um... (laughs) I'm friends with a street bum, Frankie. He sings like Liza Minnelli. Had to tell you before I forget. (laughs) Sure. Here's another text I got. Don't forget. This is while we're in the writer's room. I'm getting a text. There should be lots of car crashes. (laughs) Sorry, lots of car chases. Sorry. Let me say it again. While we're in the writer's room, I'm getting texts like, uh, there should be lots of car chases. (laughs) I'm with Carrot Top right now. You got to put him in an episode. (laughs) Holding a plumber hostage with my friend Wheels. (laughs) Uh, but then, like, some of them are really inspiring. Like, 
here's the one that we actually turned this idea into the pilot. There's an Elvis impersonator at the casino who is bad luck and keeps making me lose. <laughs> That's a good plot. Yeah, so we took that, and then, you know, so it's like one out of ten are, like, <laughs> gold. But the other you nine know. are so worth it to so have. So crazy, yeah. <laughs> but that's really funny. I mean, he has not—this is his first TV show, right? Oh, I don't so know. The, you know, he's he's always doing something, but this is the first one where we really took yeah. him as a real person. You know, right. we kind of explore what it means to be Andrew as opposed to just Dice hmm. in the show. And he'll say there is no difference, but there really is kind of, or— Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't. We're not even sure who, what the difference is. That's the funny thing. So many, you get to explore. There's so many f- different sides to dice. We explore like his relationship it. with. Um, what's that? Yes. I get it. Yeah. There's like he's like truly like the his his guy on stage is like a a put on. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's fair to compare him to like Andy Kaufman or something right. of that level. But he is putting on a, a character on right. stage. He even when he talks to the press. In mm-hmm. the past, he has been doing things to, like, he's making people angry on purpose, right. in a way. But then, he's like, you know, he'll say, like, I'm not really like that in real life. And then, like, you're hanging <laughs> in real life, and he's kind of still like that. You it's, know, so it's, it's an not, aspect of It's an aspect. It's like, it's like this id ego thing that he likes to play that's super that's funny. Interesting. But there's also an, a flip side to him um, that, you know, he, he did, he's, he's such a great father with his boys. Mm-hmm. And, he's, you know, he manages his son's heavy metal band in real life. Oh and we did an God, episode about great. that. It's like so good. Um, <laughs> that's it's just it's it's just you know I love doing the show because like I literally feel like I could put him in any situation. Mm-hmm. And he's it's he's Bugs Bunny in a way. <laughs> but there's uh, there's this thing. He's Bugs Bunny. I, play, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, you can, if you were in the writers' room pitching that he's Bugs Bunny, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, put him in any situation. Oh, okay, okay, got it. <laughs> and something funny is going to happen. Uh, also, he's being hunted by a hunter. <laughs> Um, but there's this interesting thing going on. It kind of reminds me of we had the creator of The Comedians in here uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how he had to contend with Billy Crystal and the persona of Billy Crystal and a person who grew up watching Billy Crystal. Uh-huh. Like It feels like that's something that you guys sort of have to deal with as the creators of this this world you know what i mean you know it didn't bug me that much. it wasn't that hard it's like yeah. he's so funny but there's so much to he's already so like much a fodder there yeah it's like he's already part but the thing is he can be like in real life a little bit like Ozzy Osbourne the 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 father who's like a little um confused or whatever but he's also like he also gets it mm-hmm. he can also play that a little bit and he's also like really smart you know he's like much smarter than he lets on sometimes too and he's in on the joke yeah. Too, but he's just an awesome actor, and uh, I think. And so he, the 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 comic acting in the show between him and Natasha Leggero, and with him, like and Kevin, like that's another thing. There's a good example of like the grounded stuff we're going for that we were talking about earlier. Is mm-hmm. you know casting Natasha Leggero, casting Kevin Corrigan, who are like real. Mm-hmm. They play it really grounded, and it's so it makes it so much funnier. Oh sure, you know. And Lorraine Bracco, you know, those are like, you know, Kevin and Lorraine Bracco are like dramatic expert actors, and they're so funny in this because they're just playing it straight, you know. It's really fun. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It's really cool. I I want to say I'm like heavily influenced by Larry Sander. You know, Gary Mm -hmm. Shandling, I'm so sad he died this week. Um, Big influence on me. Yeah. Yeah. What was it for you? We haven't really gotten a chance to talk much about that show. I mean, we had Peter Tolan on years ago to talk about it, but. You know, for those of us who grew up watching that show, it's it's hard to 
you can't overstate how influential it is. Yeah, somebody I read somewhere that like, oh, that really laid the groundwork for Thirty Rock or whatever, which I thought was preposterous because <laughs> it's laid the groundwork for like everything yeah. good. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, uh, it's such uh, an understatement. It's like, uh, it it uh, it was the first. You know, when I grew up, I didn't really like sitcoms necessarily because they were like the, the laugh track, and obviously I watched Cheers and and. Uh, all the great shows like Barney Miller and stuff like that. But, you know, I it never really felt like I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I respected the jokes and the craft. I saw why it was funny, but it didn't really kill me personally. I was like, sure. I didn't feel like it was my show. And um, it went on for a long time until like when Larry Sanders came out, I was like, it just, the light turned on in my head. I was like, this is genius. This is, it was just so subtle and so smart and felt like a real, like you were following a real documentary, whatever. It's like it was like it kind of invented the mockumentary in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I don't know the whole history of like you could say like Spinal Tap did or whatever. Sure. But like, it was but well, the it way took a lot of things. That came yeah, but it was the way like was Larry Sanders was smart was different than all those yeah. things. It, it was even more dry, even more real, yeah, even more subtle, and even more like they would slowly wind up these things. The, the characters would be slowly being like wound up into these situations that were like. It was just really a, what's the analogy? Like the slow boiling of the frog. It was like, yeah. it was extra slow. <laughs> like the the heat was on like one degree. And it just took, and you just got sucked into this whole world yeah. of the Larry Sanders backstage show. Yeah. And it was, um, and also like the comic acting of Gary Shandling, um, just so nuanced and funny, you mm-hmm. know, like not just... I don't know. Like a lot of people, when he died, I feel like posted like stand up and all this other stuff. But it's like the thing that made him just the absolute A plus guy in the in a history of comedy. I think is his comic acting was just like a different level. I mean, obviously, super funny stand up, <clears throat> super oh, funny, and and all these you know great writer and um, also the nicest guy ever. You know, like yeah. I was able to meet him a couple times and play basketball at his house which is always like a <laughs> the thing that everyone got to do it was great <laughs> but he was always so open to new voices and mm-hmm. up and coming uh comedians yeah. younger people and just people that had he you know he wasn't threatened he was i mean that's part of what i like i said earlier i kind of like the camaraderie of like yeah. the it's kind of like why i'm doing part of why i'm doing this is because i like i don't know i'm very um I just like hanging out with those smart people and encouraging other people too, you know? And, uh, I think Gary was like the best at that, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> he inspired me to do that even more. Yeah. You know? There are a few of these guys. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is another one, right? Yeah. And who, I, who he and I like get along. Her. I love him. He's the best. But uh, they, they never shut off to new comedy. They're always looking for new stuff and yeah. want to get inspired by that as we were all inspired by. Yeah. Them. I think a lot of that's the theater too, like in, yeah. um, Chicago, yeah. you know, like, Bob is, you know, Chicago guy, grew up near yeah, me. And like, Those are real communities. Yeah. Yeah. And Gary Shandling was born in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, and, and to your point about, like, Gary's comic acting, like, you look at him in things that he didn't write or produce, and he's he's a good actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that's, like, a little bit of an underrated art form is the comic mm-hmm. acting. It's like, you know... People don't really pinpoint that. Like, again, if, if you, you get really specific, it's like, that's why Will Ferrell or Zach Galifianakis or Ben Stiller, like all these greats, or, you know, 
or like Owen Wilson is mm-hmm. really good. Like there's so, people that are really they're they just hit that right nuanced thing where it's like it feels really real. It's totally stupid, but it's really real, and it's like feels like the real person's going through it, like very human. Yeah, and well, there's, um, there's real commitment to it. Yeah, it's uh, and that's my favorite stuff. That that's when I feel like I'm at my best is when I can actually create things for those guys to play like that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's the difference between like you can also go bigger, you know. Right. Whereas like you know, in semi pro or in uh, like Anchorman is the, mm-hmm. the probably the bigger version of that. You know, it's like or like airplane or whatever but then all the way back down to like or that's why i was inspired by like blues brothers hmm. at the very beginning like that was so um ridiculous but also really real in a Absolutely. weird way like these yeah, guys are never grounded. they were never like hamming it up or mugging yeah. but they were yeah so it's like well, this, the, the hamming up was part of their character yeah right? but it was also very like that's deadpan you know I, that's yeah. my favorite stuff there's an earnest showmanship i guess i don't know i don't know how it's that's pretty funny. it's a, it's a style you know and that's like part of the art form for me is mm-hmm. trying to get that all working yeah you know that's, there, it's hard to it's hard to like get lightning whatever the the cliche is lightning in a bottle yeah. sometimes you know you're like okay this is really everyone's on the same exact vibe you don't have to keep explaining it to everybody everyone gets it it just mm-hmm. feels right that's when you're that's that's when i'm that's what I'm psyched when it's what it feels like it's working. You Absolutely. Know? And then you get in the edit room and you're like, what was I thinking? This is, doesn't, none of this goes together. <laughs> there's not a movie here. Yeah, there's no movie here. But so looking mm. at when you're in the script phase. This is too grounded. We <clears throat> need laughs. <laughs> Put in a laugh track. People will be fooled. Um, when you're in the script phase, looking back on the features, are there characters that gave you, that were particularly challenging to sort of grab a hold of and find that grounded aspect? Uh, I mean, if you go back and watch School for Scoundrels, mm-hmm. that's like, um, it didn't do well, the box office, you know, it's like, uh, but I think part of the reason was the whole, I didn't, in the end, I think the audiences and I think we probably failed at telling, make sure it was like totally believable that this whole hmm. thing was happening. Was and, it a, just a premise problem? Um, I think it was like the the willing suspension of disbelief that there, someone was training another guy on how to be cool or whatever. Like the whole thing. Like I think it, that plot would work if it was an Adam Sandler movie and it was like you know got crazier and crazier and it was just like nonsense. But it was like we were playing it really. We were doing it in a way that was I don't know more. Um, I don't know how you'd say it, disciplined or whatever. And then like, but then like there was like a, like one too many weird things. Like that's one of the rules, like in the, yeah. uh, if you're improvising, it's like, you know, there's one weird thing here. That's fine. If there's two, then it starts getting like you're on the moon. You know, well, you hear that all the time yeah. when you're pitching shows or movies or whatever. It's you get one buy. Right. Yeah. And and someone teaching someone to be cool is the buy. If yeah. you're going to go beyond that. Yeah. It's, well, again, it's, it's like, it's, uh, it depends on the show, you know what I mean? Like, there are no rules, you know? There's, like, I hate when, like, you know, you, you hear someone, like, in a thing, like, there's there's rules to, like... Because mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to do, to entertain somebody. It's like, who the hell is someone in the, in the room telling you, like, has, <laughs> you're allowed to do this, you know, or whatever. But um, I know that kind of... That's one, if I was going to give advice to people, it's like, just know your style <laughs> or know your the tone you're going for and then really nail it and don't that's one flaw i see when i'm reading scripts is like uh 
in the first five pages or ten pages or something, I'm like, I don't get what the so what it, what what's the what kind of thing is this? Like, I need every little thing in there to tell me exactly, you know, oh, is this like a updated modern version of Naked Gun, or is this like what is like what? There's jokes in here, but I don't understand what kind. Like, just I would just make sure to stay disciplined and and really lead us on the exact story and the tone you're going for and paint the picture for like what kind of movie this is or what kind of show this is well let's i want to get into that a little bit you know what do you as a writer do or what can we as writers do in those first five pages to really tell the reader this is this is what this this piece is um just i mean really 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 short I would just really clean, like seriously, not, mm-hmm. not a lot of description, jump right into like in every line, you know, make sure it's like the exact thing, like just so you get it. It should feel like um, easy, effortless mm. to read. Yeah. Um, there's not that many good things out there. Everyone's like, <laughs> oh, there's so many scripts to compete with. But, you know, there's also a lot of people like, I haven't read anything good. So it's like when something's really good, it jumps. Yeah. There's a lot of... I would never be discouraged because even if you're not, uh, haven't had a lot of success as a writer yet, like if you write something great, it will, it will go. It will get, people will read it. People will pass it around. No one, there's nothing good anywhere. People are desperate for something good. So if you write something truly inspired and, and brilliant, I think it has a real chance no matter who you are. Um, but, uh, I don't know what to say. The first, you know, it's just gotta be great, whatever that, whatever <laughs> that is to you. Um, you know, the things that feel like they're trying too hard, that they're too long, overexplained, a little confusing, uh, overwritten. Mm-hmm. You can tell when it's over. Whatever. Right? I know all the bad, all the negative, shitty, <laughs> bad. <laughs> but it should, it should read not funny. easy. I think that's that. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of work to yeah. get to. I mean, my style personally is to, to not have a lot of jokes necessarily, but just it's just a funny situation or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, if you look at like Frank the Tank in old school or whatever, he's not he's not sitting there telling jokes like a sitcom. Yeah, he's not talking about you know, it's not like a Woody Allen movie where he's doing mm-hmm. a twist or a metaphor on things in the world. Or he's just he's completely focused on what he's trying to do, and it's just funny. His point of view is funny. And yeah. he's just, you know what I mean. He's saying things that are funny, but it's from the character what is just trying to explain something to somebody else or whatever. And that's an important thing. No, no, I think that's an important thing. Is <clears throat> like you have to sort of inhabit that character's worldview, and the comedy is going to come out of how they see yeah. the world. It's not. It's not about jokes unless it's you know the naked gun. Yeah, I mean, I should say that like obviously Will Ferrell and those guys all brought that stuff to life. Vince Vaughn that are so funny sure. and improvised too, and add on and. You know, but I can't take credit for that. Too. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that, um, and the best stuff is the, the stuff that people think is in, improvised, mm-hmm. but is written so like normal mm-hmm. that they think it must have just thrown it out on the day or whatever. Well, and I think that's that's an important distinction to make, and and it comes up a lot when I talk to comedy writers and and people ask me that like, yes, there is an aspect of improvisation to this stuff, but so much of what an actor does is what they bring to the line that's already there, you know, and, and that can make it just as funny as an, an improvised line. If well, you know, I, I, I don't, I guess I, I mean, I am an improviser and I know how important it is and I believe in it. I think that's the key to like, I don't know so much that goes on in directing and writing and producing, creating great things. But I also think it's overrated too. Like, you know, 
to get into a scene, someone's written the movie, created the characters, <laughs> created the story, built the whole sequence of scenes that lead up to something really important at the act break or wherever. Someone's location scouted and gotten <laughs> all the wardrobe on, and everyone's like set up the cameras. They know exactly what's going on. Cast things opposite you, and and then like. You know, if someone says an extra line or something like set, changes one thing, mm-hmm. that, but it's still the same point of view and we're still in the scene, that's like a funny scene. It's like, it's totally welcome, but I feel like people in the press like freak out. Oh my God, he improvised that or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it is funny a lot, but it's just like, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into creating that yes. funny scene. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Absolutely. Do you, and I'm sure people are curious about this considering the movies that you've made, um, but do you, you know, working, knowing who you work with and working with Todd so often, do you leave room for, you know, a Will Ferrell to find moments in a script? In no, addition no, to what's on the, on no, the no, it's all written. But I think that on the day, you, it's totally open. You know what I mean? I think the best stuff is when a char- uh, when someone feels like they can put it in their own words or put it in the character, put it mm-hmm. in the character's point of view in the way they talk. And that's when it's at its best is when an actor is so dialed into the character that has been created as a group or as a team, we've created something mm-hmm. awesome or whatever, hopefully that they can um, talk like that person or be in that moment and just find stuff. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's comedy. You got to discover everything. You got to constantly be like, the comedy comes usually between the two comedians. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. coming from the script. It's like <laughs> the two people are performing together and finding it. And that's yeah. that's, that's what you got to know as a writer. Is what, That's the whole point. You know what I mean? You're, you're creating a plan for them to be funny on the day. Yeah. You're not, you're, not, you're not trying to dictate and they're not puppets. It's like you, the whole point is to create a plan. And that's... That's actually a good way to explain the first five pages. Mm-hmm. I want when I'm reading something, I want to see a plan for a great movie. Yeah. I don't want someone showing off that they're like some witty guy. You know what I mean? Honestly, I want someone that yeah. like got over that part and isn't insecure and is like, here's a plan for a huge opportunity for an actor and for mm. someone to invest between ten and ninety million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's a big ask that you're Absolutely. asking for as a writer and. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, it. There's no downside to having a good plan, and then you can add jokes on top. You know, yeah. that's all I'll no, say. That's true. I see a lot of funny things that have no plan. <laughs> <clears throat> right, but you're not going to give them ten million. No, no well, I mean, you know, I'm not. Someone might. <laughs> sure, some sucker might. I don't have ten million dollars. Um, let me. I want to ask you about Search Party before we uh, yeah. wrap up. Um, so speaking of improvisation, this that was different. That was interesting. Really? So the way we did Search Party, a lot of it was like we would be lighting. We, we had to shoot that so fast. It was not as mm-hmm. big a budget as some of my other yeah. stuff. And we were shooting really fast. And um, found the best way was we ended up, like, improvising while people were lighting. <laughs> we would just sit there and, like, the guys would be getting makeup or changing things. The cameras were getting switched around, the lighting. And we would, like, run the scene. And I would be standing there with them. And we'd, they'd improvise. Or, and I would throw in lines. And we'd kind of change things around. Huh. A lot of it inspired by the script itself, but then also like switched around and then we'd be like, okay, do that, don't do that. Maybe we should do this. It'd be funny if you didn't give each other lines. It was very cool. When you had uh, very giving, great. Oh, it was awesome. Everyone was, and, and I, you know, again, like I come from that world, so I'm not like threatened by it, or I'm like, uh, yeah. I like, 
I like when you're all, I don't know. Again, it's the, the whole thing is to have a plan to make these guys be, let these guys be funny. And then, um, and then, you know, you can edit stuff down or change things around and move things. And, um, that's sort of the plan, but we were shooting so fast. It's like, I wanted to try and do the line, you know, do the, do the scene. We didn't have time to do a seven minute version of the scene (laughs) and then like figure it out. Like, you know, the, the beginning, the middle and the end had to be very clear. So we had a, a movie Yeah, and, um, you know, then you had like five or seven takes and you move on, you know, that was it. So, um, it was a pretty interesting way to do it and it, it really worked. I think it changes with it. I think every project's different. Every tone's different. Mm-hmm. The you know, whoever you have in the cast. And again, you just, that was, I don't know. I followed the actor's lead as much as my own lead to make sure whatever came to life the right way. And then someone like JB Smoove comes in, he's <laughs> completely different than what we're doing. Sure. You know, it's just like, just injects all this crazy energy <laughs> in the situation. You can't account for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why was search party the one for you to direct? Um, you know, like, uh, I got offered some other stuff to direct before, and then I just, I kept turning things down and I turned everything down and then like, I was really picky. And then like around 2008, 2007, 2008, there was like a big shift in the business where like all the money dropped out, like everything changed, you know, like it was like, it became much tighter to get things going. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, I just got to write something for me to do that I want to do. And then um, I read this awesome script by Mike Gagerman and Andrew Waller and the three of us. You know, I, then I took that on and kept rebuilding it, redoing it, and rewriting it with those guys. And then uh, we got to make it. You know, <laughs> The other thing, too, is like when I saw <clears throat> TJ, I was like, TJ Miller, mm-hmm. he was kind of like, up and coming, you know, mm-hmm. when I first saw him and it was, it was like, okay, this guy, this is the guy, this is the Jason character in the movie. This is who I want, you know, it's such a and same with middle voice. ditch, you know, and this is before, you know, I, I saw yeah. them before, um, Silicon Valley and everything. Yeah. So it was like, I was just, I just got inspired and Pally, nice. you know, this guy, and I, I was kind of like, had friends with Pally way back and I just, I don't know. It was really, uh, just kind of came together. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we wrap, and when is the movie coming out? Do you know? May thirteenth. Great. Drops. Uh, okay. Drops. I sound like a fucking DJ. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, check out the movie. It's on um, May thirteenth. It's in theaters and uh, on demand. Great. Uh, yeah, people should check that out. And then Dice is April tenth. All Dice is April tenth. Yeah, you can. Uh, that drops April tenth. What we'll wrap up just by asking what you are watching on TV or in movies or what's going on in comedy. That's like, have you seen anyone who's gotten you excited these days? You know who you, you know who you got to watch is the path. It's drama, mm-hmm. but you got to watch. It's so good. My friend Jessica Goldberg, um, friend of the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. She did run. A oh yeah. Show. Oh man, she is so good. I went. I saw it uh, <laughs> last week. Riveted. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch like I'm probably gonna watch the whole season this, this weekend. So I would say the path is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else did I see. Have you seen comedy movies in the past few years that really excite you? Because comedy, I mean, it's it's such a weird time for movies right now, and comedy's so hard to get off the ground. You know what? I really liked. Uh, I like Katie Dippold stuff, mm-hmm. um, and she and I are friends from in the theater way back. Uh, 
She it's so awesome to see her killing it, you yeah. know. Um yeah. What was her last movie? I guess she's doing Ghostbusters, but right. before that, what was it? The, There's something between the, the heat. Not the heat. The heat was awesome and then that. something anyway. I always love her stuff. And then um what are my choices? <laughs> I mean obviously I mean obviously Adam McKay doesn't mean, need me to promote his movie, but that you was don't have funny. To promote it. No, no, I'm just saying. Like. No, my point is, it was so good. It was so good. I mean, he won, he won an Oscar. It was so short. good. Yeah, yeah. It was so it really, good. was terrific. And it yeah. was neat to see McKay do something like that. You mm-hmm. know, like it's his brain on that material was so fascinating. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I feel a little down on myself because I haven't been going to the theater enough. You know what I mean? There's no movies. What are you going to go see, Batman versus? Batman? <laughs> no, but I mean that it. makes me sad because I used to go to comedies all the time. You know, so. uh I think that's telling, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to go until May 13th. <laughs> As we all are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll tear ourselves away from Dice, and we'll go see Search Party, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll go back to Dice. Yeah. I think that's how we're all doing it. Scott, thanks for being here. All right, thanks, guys. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 